This is Agents Influence Podcast. Our job as independent insurance agents is not to sit in an office. Brother, I don't have an office. I haven't had an office for over 10 years. My company has bricks and mortar, but I typically don't. I mean, I stop in an office, I talk to my people, but I believe if you're sitting in an office and you are an independent insurance agency owner or producer, my question to you is, what the hell are you doing in the office? There are no clients there. Every minute that you sit in the office, you're wasting your time. Get up, get out, and talk to strangers. I'm Jason Cass, and we're going to help you think differently, change your agency, change your finances, change your family, and in the end, we're going to change an industry. Let's go. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Agents Influence Podcast, Conversations with Jason Cass. That's me. And today we have Mr. Anson Ross Thompson. Before I get to him and introduce, you know what I'm going to say because it's still that time. Registration is going to be opening up here in the next couple of weeks. If you have not been called by me, that means you have not been invited to BrainShare this year, which is going on in Puerto Rico the last week in October. You need to go to AIBrainShare.com, put your name on the waiting list. I'm telling you, if you haven't heard from me by now, by the time this podcast is out, registration's opening soon. Last year, it sold out in less than three weeks. It's going to sell out again because everybody's personally invited. See see how that works? In the meantime, AIBrainShare.com. Anson, Ross, Thompson, how are you doing, sir? Uh, I'm, I'm simply amazing, Jason. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. So for all of you loyal listeners out there, um, Anson uh, does not know me. I do not know Anson. I feel as if I probably know Anson more than he knows me because I read everything, just about everything that uh, Anson writes and puts out there. I know Anson is an agency owner. I know he has two home locations of Indiana and Colorado. I know he calls his wife the queen. I know a lot of different things like that, but I wanted to bring him on and I wanted to let you know, loyal listeners, that he doesn't know me and I don't know him and we're just going to have a good old conversation. Anson, welcome to the podcast, buddy. Thank you very much. I appreciate the invite. Yeah, yeah, this is going to be good. This is going to be good. Anson, are you an iPhone or are you a Droid user? Uh, I'm an iPhone guy, and if uh, and I really struggle to have friends that have Android. I'm kind of a, a purist, <laughs> if if you don't mind. I I did my uh, my graduate thesis on Stephen Jobs, so I've always had an affinity for Apple products. And uh, although I'm using an HP Spectre PC, my phone choice is always the iPhone. You're a purity at heart. I love it. I love it. I love it. No, that's great. That's great. If you uh, do, you love to win or do you hate to lose? Do I love to win or hate to lose? I tell you what, my answer to that is I enjoy the journey. I enjoy the effing journey. As a matter of fact, I got a book out there on Amazon. If you want to pull it up, called "Enjoy the Fucking Journey." I don't know if we can curse on the <laughs> podcast. I do apologize, but uh, yes, you can. I, I think, yes, you I, can. I think winning is is beautiful, but but I think losing is beautiful as well because we always learn from our losses. So, uh, probably a cliche, but that's that's my answer to that question. Enjoy the fucking journey. That is. Wait, okay, hold on. Maybe that's just a quote. Oh, that's a quote. Anybody out there? Check out that. That's awesome and great answer. Let me ask you this last question. I asked these the, to get the the list to be able to relate. We don't know who you are. And this, this helps us based on all the other 400 and other people we've had on. If there was two things in the world, Anson, that we would, that you could wrap up and say, these two things sum up where I am and how I've lived my life. 
or where I am, and they were skill or luck, which one would you think has more of an impact on your life? Uh, I, I think skill uh, has had more of an impact. And, and I go back to the fact that, that as at, at an early age, I became a student of the insurance industry. Uh, I got my CIC very early. I got my CRM. Uh, I wanted to, to know more than any other agent out there. And so I tried to educate myself. But then with that education, I tried to, to basically create a persona, if you will, that looks nothing like anybody else in our industry. So I try to vet people up front by looking a little bit different. But if I do end up engaging somebody, they, they get a, what I like to say is almost a doctoral understanding of, of the insurance business. Gotcha. Gotcha. So you teach uh, through education and advisement a lot, sounds like, basically, right? And what, what type of insurance do you, do you sell? Commercial benefits? What do you do? Personal lines? Yeah, great question. Uh, our firm is basically 70% business insurance or B2B. 15% benefits and 15% home and auto. I only do uh, B2B. I only do commercial insurance. Uh, I've not written a home and auto policy for probably 15 years. I've never written uh, a benefits or life insurance policy. I have people that do that. My focus has always been uh, commercial insurance. And I truly believe that if we're going to be professionals in this industry, you need to make a selection, either you know A, B, or C. Uh, or, or another another niche in our business. But um, when I compete against agents that don't just do commercial, they're doing everything, uh, I usually find a lot of holes and gaps. So th th that's my logic in terms, and that's our entire team. We have people that only do personal lines, only do employee benefits. And, only and then see, personal. I agree with that emphatically. I think that, I think the independent insurance industry, you will be able to tell that it's starting to mature when as a profession, when we start to encounter a problem from a, uh, a client who comes in or a prospect, they need a solution to their problem. And they realize that, and when we realize that we may not be the best fit for that, and we're okay with referring that out to the agent that we know is a, a specialist in that, that's the day we mature because that's what lawyers do. That's what CPAs do. That's what doctors do. They specialize in this, you know, and you have a lot of generalists and that's okay. And everybody's happy with their spot because anybody can be what they want. And that kind of goes along the same lots thoughts of what you're saying, Anson. Am I right? Mm -hmm. Correct. Yeah. That's, I think that'll should be a sign of maturity for the industry, a sign of growth, new plateau that we're hitting there. So I think that's good. Anson, take us back to high school, college, whenever, and then bring us forward to, uh, Tell us who you are and why you're doing what you're doing and why you live in two states. Yeah, great question. It's kind of a good story. Uh, I was an underperformer in high school. I, I played golf in high school and I, I was uh, I was a nerd. Uh, I was uh, a little bit backward. I was I was the funny guy. Went to college, went to Ball State University, and uh, really after about a quarter, learned how to study. And uh, after my first quarter, I never got another C. I got A's and B's throughout my undergrad work. And the reason was because I fell in love with a um, really a field of study known as insurance. And I actually got an undergraduate degree from Ball State University in 1991 with a risk management uh, degree. And then I went back and got a graduate degree in information and communication sciences from Ball State mm -hmm. University as well. Uh, once I got my graduate degree, I, I was interviewing with Anderson Consulting and some of the other larger players out there. And I, my father had a small little independent insurance agency located in beautiful Parker City, 
Indiana, a town of about 1,300 people. It's where I grew up. And uh, I went back to my father and I said, you know, I, I really think that this is a great foundation. I can build something from here. So in 1992, I joined my father after graduate school. Uh, I did some training at Westfield Insurance uh, Companies up by Cleveland, Ohio, learned how to write commercial insurance. And although my father's agency was about 90% personal insurance, 5% commercial, 5% benefits, uh, I knew that I wanted to play in the commercial arena. And so uh, I ended up buying the company January 1st of uh, 1996. My father at the age of 55 came in one day and said, I'm done. I'm tired. I'm going to sell. He had a couple agencies. I bought one. Another gentleman bought another one. And uh, at 25, I started my uh, ownership insurance career. Quickly picked up a a friend of mine who's with me today, Ron Shoemaker. Uh, He came in and began selling personal insurance. He focused on personal insurance. I focused on commercial. We eventually brought in benefits. And uh, I owned the company for about 15 years uh, by myself. Uh, After 15 years, I met a young lady by the name of Jenny Dilsder. Uh, Earlier, you said she was my wife. Uh, We always joke that we are not married. We're happy. We've not ever got married, but we put our businesses together, our homes together, our families together. And uh, so- Sweet. About 10 years ago, yeah, we formed a company called Someday Is Today LLC doing business as the Thompson Group. The, the idea behind the name is everybody always says, someday I'm going to do this and someday I'm going to do that. And Jenny and I have always had the idea that someday is today. And if we have an idea, we're going to make everything uh, we, we can make it possible today. Love that. So uh, fast forward to uh, 2014. Um Company's going well. Jenny and I are doing well. We have a home downtown Indianapolis. Life is great. And I made the mistake of coming to Colorado on vacation with my children. And we came out and I spent some time in Boulder. And, and I just realized that the, the blue skies, the mountains, uh, th- these were more my people. I'm kind of an outlier in the conservative uh, state of, of Indiana. I've always been kind of on my own little island out there. But I, I really connected and resonated with the people of Colorado. And so uh, the next year, I brought Jenny out to do a CRM update, uh, took her to Boulder as well, stayed in a really cool carriage house. And by 2015, at the end of the year, I convinced her to let me come out one week a month and drum up business for the Thompson Group located in the Midwest. And she said, okay, you have one year, one week a month. You can fly out there. I'll, I'll join you on Wednesday night, and we can hang out Wednesday through Sunday. But uh, let's, let's see what happens. And so January of uh, 2016, I flew in. I got a VRBO. I I literally knew two people in Denver, Colorado. I knew the person that had hired me to do some speaking and training for the insurance association here, and I knew an accountant. And I called the accountant on Sunday night before the first business day of 16, and I said, okay, Bob, what's my plan? He said, man, there's a meeting tomorrow morning at 7 o'clock. I want you to be there. And now I I get up at 5 o'clock every morning. So seven o'clock appointments are are fantastic. Mm -hmm. And so I show up to this meeting. There's about 25 people there. The meeting was called Colorado Trust Advisors. And I basically stood up and I said, my name is Anson Ross Thompson. I hail from beautiful Parker City, Indiana. I do not live here, but I want to live here. And I'm trying to grow our company. We do commercial insurance. Basically, I'm looking for referrals to CEOs or CFOs that might have risk management needs, but I'm actually looking to buy an independent insurance agency. From that one meeting, uh, I ended up getting a referral to an agency that we ended up closing March of 17. It took us about nine months to close that deal. But uh, by 
October of 16, we ended up buying a condominium downtown. We knew this was going to work. We uh, lived there until uh, July of 18. In July of 18, we found uh, our mountain home. And so as, I, as I'm talking to you right now, Jason, I'm sitting about 8,200 feet up on top of a mountain. I can see 180 miles. Uh, I've got four or five buck deer outside. Uh, just roaming around mm. and uh, I am at my, my happy place. So um, if I can just kind of finish with this, the reason we bought the mountain house was last year I did three proof of concept training sessions where I had agents fly in from all over the country and we held boot camps. We held two day boot camps and I start basically from a prospecting standpoint. What is it? How do we do it? What's a sales call look like? How do you run it? You know, what's an effective sales strategy? I teach that on two days. And uh, this June, I'm launching for uh, the first time indoor, outdoor, mountaintop training for independent insurance agents. I've got a training room that's being developed right now. I've got inside training. And then we've got uh, decking that goes all the way down to the to the basically ridge of the mountain. So we'll be training inside and outside. And I've got a pretty cool curriculum I put together. And uh, I'll be making that announcement very soon. So. Um, when, when we jumped on and no one heard this, I know, but you, you said, I almost think you're retired. And, and, and I, I, I want to say that most people that do speaking and training in the insurance industry have sold their independent insurance agency. They used to work for a carrier and, and now they break off. And, and my commitment to the insurance industry is that I will never sell the Thompson group. I'll always have a piece of it because I look at the Thompson group as my laboratory. And if I'm going to teach other independent insurance agents how to sell, it's bullshit. If, if I say, try this and I've not tried it myself. True. So everything I teach, I try with my team. Uh, we've got a process, a system that is basically different than most other agencies use. And uh, it works for us. And I can tell you that the 30 students that have came through my program, uh, if you want a referral, I can, I can tell you we, we've changed some lives out there. So that's my intent moving forward. I still want to do what I do, which is commercial production, business development for the Thompson Group, but also really create uh, a program that will allow for professional and personal development of independent insurance agents. I'm trying to change the narrative of our industry. When people think insurance, they don't think awesome, happy, cool stuff. They think, you know, car salesmen and all that. And, and there's a few of us that are co connecting together. You sound like somebody that I might want to kind of throw in my Rolodex on this, just trying to change the industry that it is one of the most amazing industries. It provides the most flexibility and wealth. And I think that's my soapbox. I'll jump off now. No, 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 no. The loyal listeners are smiling right now and they're going, oh man, Cass and this guy are going to just love it. I say this all the time. I'm blowing up over here because the, the thing about it is, is that what is, you know, what is your, I have this question written down right here. What is your motivation to help other agents? And then you jumped into it right there at the last thing. I call it the five truths. I have an article written on this and I don't write nearly as much as you do, Anson, and I'm nowhere as good. But what I love about it is, is there's the five truths to insurance. And there's a bunch of lies that we believe or that we've been led to believe from other people who have went before us who weren't necessarily um, in our shoes or didn't necessarily fit our agency or maybe they weren't a good business person. But these, added, ad, these, these things have floated through the industry. And I believe that if you do what's best for you, and this whole long thing I'll talk about, I've talked about before, I believe there's five truths. One is a flexible schedule. You mentioned that. And another is um, is is uh, financial stability. 
That, that is something that this industry allows. Uh, to be what I call a contributor to your community or a leader in your community, it allows that. To be an empire builder, right? For, to, for you to create your own um, uh, business and your own empire the way that you see, as I say it. And then also to be a mentor, to be a mentor to where you have enough experience and knowledge in life and something that you have time and the resources to dedicate to other individuals. I say those first two are all about you, right? It's about your flexible schedule and your money. But those last three about being a community leader, about being an empire builder and about being a mentor is about helping other people. And so I love it when you say that because that's my drive to help other agents. That's why I have this podcast. Do you, what say you? Completely agree. I've, I've never broke it down into those five areas, but that's exactly my belief system. Um, you know, I've, I've been doing this for so many years and I, I, I get contacted by various salespeople and it's, it's embarrassing that the amount of training or the, the lack of training out there. And, and I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. My daughter joined us from Brown and Brown insurance. So she graduated, she played uh, uh, college volleyball down at St. Thomas university in Florida. And uh, so for four years, we get out and watch her play Fort Lauderdale area. It was amazing. And she graduates in three and a half years and Brown and Brown recruiter. And she called her mom and said, hey, mom, what's Brown and Brown? And Jenny said, that's a large brokerage firm. And she said, well, they want to recruit me. And Jenny said, go to the corporate. You know, we've always told our kids, if you want to work in our firm, you got to go work someplace else. And just so happened that Brown and Brown came calling. And so uh, Brown and Brown trained her for about a year and a half. And did an amazing job from a uh, insurance content standpoint. Okay, so so the first year and a half, Carly was given, you know, forms endorsements. Here's how a policy, and she did a lot of prospecting. And 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 after about a year and a half, she called us and said, "Okay, corporate life for me is is not what it's all it's cracked up to be. I'd kind of like to join your firm." And so so we had the opportunity to bring her in. We brought her to Indianapolis for about six months, let her train and get to know our team before moving her out to Colorado. One of the people that ran through my boot camp last year was my daughter. And she's sitting in class and uh, she said, you know, I got to tell you, she said, I, I worked at Brown and Brown for a year and a half and I never heard this stuff. I never heard a step-by-step process uh, on, on how to take a prospect to, to basically a, a relationship type client. I mean, they, they, they just don't teach that. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think that there is a, a very wide lane for those of us that, that have the ability to, to teach a process and it is a process and the process I teach is different than, than most others. But, um, I just think that we have so much room for improvement in our industry. And if, if a young 20, 21, 25 year old person had any idea of the flexibility, Mm. the wealth, and eventually the mentorship Mm. and the community impact that they could have, Mm. they would be jumping into this industry. And that is another thing I want to do is I want to throw a billboard up to the world and say, you guys are missing the boat. Yes. I mean, insurance insurance is one of the most amazing industries. And if done right, you can you can do I get up, man, Jason, I get up every day and do exactly what I want to do. That's right, dude. I mean, I, I you know, five o'clock, you mentioned my writing, I write every day. I write five hundred to a thousand words every day. That's how I start my day. Then I clean up my email. I typically have my, my first meeting at 10. I have a lunch at 1130. I usually have a 1, 130, and then a 3, and then a cocktail hour at 430. That is my perfect day. And the time I'm, I'm meeting with people, I'm, I'm not talking to friends, man. I'm talking to clients. I'm talking to strangers. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to a meeting yesterday where I met 40 strangers. 
How many times do the listeners of your program right now, can they look back and say, hey, last week I went to a meeting where I met 40 strangers. And I'm not saying, hey, here's my card, but but got a little bit deep. You know, it took a couple hours and met some of these people. Uh, that is my job. Our job as independent insurance agents is not to sit in an office. Brother, I don't have an office. I haven't had an office for over 10 years. What I'm talking about is a place where you yourself go sit, you got a phone, you got pictures of your family, a TV. I have not had that. My company has bricks and mortar, but I typically don't. I mean, I stop in an office. I talk to my people. But if I'm working from an office, I'm working from the conference room. I believe if you're sitting in an office and you are an independent insurance agency owner or producer, my question to you is, what the hell are you doing in the office? There are no clients there. Every minute that you sit in the office, you're wasting your time. Get up, get out, and talk to strangers. I love it. 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 Yes. Um, and what did you just say there? Because I'm taking this note and I, and my loyal listeners know I did that. You said, what the hell are you, are you doing? Oh man, the way you said it was perfect, but. Uh, what the hell are you doing in the office? The hell, there are no clients in the yeah, office. What, you, what do you do? In the office. And, and, and the, in a, a way that my mentor told me was, you can't make any money behind your desk, right? Same thing, same exact yeah. thing. And so that, that is huge. Let's, Let's, I want to ask you um, about some stuff. I got some questions, but one thing I want to, you keep alluding to this and I was going to bring this up later, but I want to bring it up now. What's this process you use? You've mentioned this a couple of times is the way you do things. You have made great producers. You mentioned it, that your daughter said something about it. What is this process? What, what is this? Yeah, three-step process. Uh, basically, when uh, we first meet with a client uh, conversation, we use an upfront agreement that says at the end of today's meeting, one of three things will happen. Uh, I'll tell you, you are not a good fit for our company. If I'm gonna, if I'm gonna do that, please. If, if for whatever reason you don't like the fact I'm wearing a T-shirt or uh, you know I got a face tattoo, I really don't. I'm just kidding. But if, if for whatever reason you're you're not connecting with me. Let's just end it today, but if we mutually agree to move forward at the end of today's meeting, we're going to collect some insurance documentation. Are you comfortable with that? We run the 20-minute, 45-minute meeting at the end. Uh, if, if it goes well, uh, then we end up walking out with their complete insurance portfolio, whether it be PDFs or whether it be binders. Uh, we then have a process where we do a risk management review. We don't go to market. I think people, you know, insurance agents come, I want to save you 10%. I think I can bend it. Oh, bullshit. Mm -hmm. Here's what we got to do. We got to go in. We got to find out where they are. And then we got to show the client in meeting too. Here's where you are. And then we've got to say, when you made the decision to self-insure X, cyber, employee benefits liability, uh, dri driver of the car, whatever pain you find, when you made that determination, why did you do that? You know, what, what was the logic? And most prospects will say, I have no clue what you're talking about. And so you sit there and you, you pick pain points and pick pain points. And at the end of the second meeting, you look at the client and you say, look, you're currently paying $75,822. In order to fix all of this stuff, we're probably going to be about 82 grand. Here's the markets I'm going to go to. Here's the process we're going to use. And the next time we meet, I'm going to give you, you know, our work. And at the end of that meeting, it's very important that you are going to be in a position to say yes or no. So it's very important to have all the decision makers in. Can we get that agreement? So what I just did was I got my markets because I'm going to get agent of record letters before, before I go to market. I'm going to get uh, loss run requests before I go to market. 
I'm going to get my, you know, basically my submission put together meeting with the client. I've got a marketer that does that. And then the third meeting, man, we go in and we, you know, the, the upfront agreement there is at the end of today's meeting, one of three things is going to happen. I'm going to tell you, we're going to close our file. You're going to tell me that you don't want to move forward. Or if we mutually agree to move forward, there's going to be some consideration given and we're going to become your new insurance provider. It's a three-step process. There's a lot Love of it. things that go on in between. Uh, I had lunch with a, uh, an insurance uh, producer the other day. And one of the things I found in my career is that uh, there's about, I don't know, man, 20 to 25% of independent insurance agents out there that are just great, solid dudes that you want to hang out with. And I try to find these people and, and we're very cordial with each other. We're competitors, but I was having lunch with a friend of mine in Denver. And he was getting ready to join me and his agency owner said, where are you going? And he said, I'm going to ha- have lunch with another agency owner. And the guy's like, whoa, 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 what, what are you doing? He goes, no, no, he's just a friend. He said, you know, I'm not trying to hire me or anything. And, and he said, is he successful? And my friend said, yeah, he's successful. And he said, what makes him successful? And he said, he of all people figured out the back office. And so that, that was a compliment mm-hmm. to me. And I think that when I teach my process it, it, it has to go without saying that that if you're a single man shop, there, over time you have to build out the process. And we, we figured that out a long time ago. I, I've got an agency structure that that I really believe in. Uh, it's very profitable. Um, we, we do things, again, differently than everybody else. But that's I think that was a, a pretty good compliment I got the other day was that I figured out the back office so I could free myself up to do like, I, don't, I don't do the cords. You don't want me doing detail work. You want me talking to strangers. That's all you want me to do. And in fact, that's all I want my producers to do. That's ex- Hello, loyal listeners. Hey, are you a local agent struggling to find markets for your client? Maybe you, maybe not. Look no further than Nation Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. With NBS, as they say it in the cool world, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and grow your business, A.K. agency. Don't settle for less. Do more with NBS. For more information about Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, visit nbsbrokerage.com. Cast certified. I want to talk. That's exactly right, dude. That is so right. That is so right. Because, like you said, you've got to and you enable other people. And what's amazing is, is there's people out there that that pride themselves on being able to do the detail work. Right? They love it. They relish in it. It's it's what makes them feel full and 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 uh, satisfied. And it and it's and it's understanding that I I love it. Uh, you and I have a very much the same. Uh, theory. My loyal listeners know that that we go after and we attack on the on the broker of record. We we make the commitments. We do everything we can. It's not perfect, but we do everything we can to not be in a quoting situation. We explain to the customer that the most important is, which no agent does, is explaining to them why it's important that they understand that the bid process of going to multiple agents actually is working against them. Right, Anson? It's working against them. And, and, and they don't understand that 92% of the time, the incumbent's going to keep the business. So the underwriter wants to work with the incumbent. So whenever you send it out to all these markets, you're muddying the water. And I've literally, Anson, had underwriters tell me, Jason, I want to let you know, if you guys probably would have submitted this to us, we probably would have taken a look at it. But we got it from another agent who I guess is quoting it as well. 
And he, and the submission was so terrible. And some of the things that were put on there that we were so unsure of, we decided to pass on it. If you guys would have sent it to us, we probably would have had something different. I told that to the customer. I said, this is, this is how this is bad. This is the reason why we talked about this four months ago. And, and it's, it's, it's about educating the customer. And I love, and I think we're right here, Anson, or we're similar here is that we don't really talk a lot of insurance when we're talking with our prospects. I mean, we don't, we don't really talk coverages and, and all that different types of stuff. Am I right? Or am I wrong about that? Oh, you're perfect. Let me, let me give you an example. I got a referral two weeks ago. Uh, it was in Indianapolis. I, I meet the guy for coffee and, and it was a referral from a friend. I, di- I didn't do a lot of research. I mean, I, I knew that, you know, we were, we were meeting for coffee and I, I figured, you know, if there was any opportunities, we'd, we'd you know, fi- find those. And so we sat down and, and um, I, I, he said, what do you do? I got asked, ah, commercial insurance. I mean, you know, nobody wants to talk about that. I said, what do you do? He goes, well, I own a uh, telephone company. I go, really? How many employees do you have? He said, 85. I'm like, wow, that's, that's cool. And then we started talking about families. You know, you got kids. Then we started talking about, you know, well, how'd you get into that? How'd I get into this? And, and at the end, he said, um, yeah, this is a 45-minute conversation. He, at the end, he goes, how do I engage your firm? I said, what, what do you mean? He goes, how would I like have your firm work with my firm? And I said, well, I'll just tell you, we, we do a, about an hour and a half, maybe two hour deep dive with your executive team. I bring in my team. And I said, that's how we start. And then if it makes sense after that, we'll, we'll figure it out. He goes, I, we just had an event with, um, you know, hiring, firing, sexual harassment. I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of familiar with that. He said where we got sued and he said the carrier did absolutely nothing. He said, I didn't want to hear from my agent one wow. time. And so that one opportunity, I mean, that, that will be a, and, and just so you know, when we do a deep dive, I'm taking in, I, I'll run the commercial aspect, then I'll bring in my personal lines team, then I'll bring in my benefits team. If nothing else, just to let them know, hey, we're full service. We may start with the commercial, but eventually we're going to try to write all lines. You know the old adage, if you write somebody's home and auto, mm-hmm. you got a 70% retention. If you write home auto life, you've got a 93.79462. Something like that. Uh, you know what I mean? So, so, so yeah, so, so our, our, um, attitude is to always get as deep as possible with our clients, typically starting with the commercial and then bringing other lines. That's awesome. Yeah. Very, very similar. I recorded a uh, podcast with Michael Salas. Um, he has been on LinkedIn and has been doing, uh, these great little videos, like just educating people on there, like why you, why the agent of record is good and why you shouldn't be sending out your quoting and stuff. And so I reached out to him. He works with Marsha McLennan down there in Austin, Texas. And, uh, he's got like a book of like 860,000 in revenue. Uh, and I mean, I consider that a super producer and he's got between like 35 to 40 clients, mm-hmm. you know, and he, he gave, and it's a really good podcast. I think it comes out next week and he really gave a good thing of how he does it. And, and what he does, which I think is really, really crazy, which goes back to what I said a minute ago and what you're saying now is that, he, you know, he, he, he calls it the insurance game. So he talks about the fact that that he talks about that with the customer for the first 10 to 15 minutes. He said Marsha McLennan, some of their leadership brought him in and said, hey, you know, you've been here a year. You're doing an awesome job. Like, And he had some good training from Federated, which does a lot of good training in the Midwest. You may be familiar with them. Um, those guys are well-educated, well-trained. Sure. And so that's where he had been. So he took that down to Austin, hired Marsha McLennan. He's doing this stuff. They brought him in. They said, hey, what are some of the stuff you're doing? And like, tell us, like, what is a... What 
What does a typical meeting look like? How are you engaging these people? And so he sat down and did like a mock thing with them for the first 15 to 20 minutes. And he said the leadership like was looking at each other with their mouth open, like, are you serious? This is how you start the meeting? And all he was doing was explaining the insurance game, explaining what's going on behind the scenes, why when when this agent does this. I mean, one of the things he talks about, Anthony said, in the first 10 minutes, that he talks about how the agent makes money. He talks about the fact that this is the amount of money this guy you're paying or this gal you're paying is making $37,000 in, in revenue off of this. And this is how other agencies look at this. And this is how companies look at this. And this is how this whole process goes. Now that you can see it from behind the curtain, let me explain to you why it's why you need to quit. You need to start looking at it from a different avenue. Me and my firm, Anson, we firmly believe that we have an education to the customer to let them know that the way they're actually shopping and and, and putting out their business, their insurance business, is, is adversely affecting and going completely against what they're trying to do. And because it's, it, and it, I think that there's just this education, and it's so funny because 20 minutes in with Sean or Travis, me if I'm training them, but they see it a lot, is the customer always says, How come no one's ever told me this? What? why hasn't my agent ever explained this to me like this, you know? And it's kind of like, well, that's kind of why we're here, you know? And, and, and that sets a totally different tone for when you're trying to grab that information you need, getting to the bottom, getting the commitment of the AOR. I'm willing to do the work, but I need to be the agent of record for, to do the work, right? Simple concept that I think a lot of agents run from, but I don't think it's their fault, Anson. I just don't think they were ever trained that way. You agree? I completely agree. I completely agree. Again, you know, Carly's experience and no disrespect. I have a, a lot of respect for, for Brown and Brown and what they do and how they mm-hmm. do it. I, I think we play in different sandboxes, but, but I, I think there is a, uh, I think there's an opportunity in our industry for some of us who, who've been doing it a while, who still get punched in the face every day. That That's my point, man. I mean, if you're going to take sales training or, you know, get, get, get some education from somebody, make sure they're still that's in the right. game. You know, make sure that they're still getting hit and punched and kicked and and they lose that big account and they have to deal with that claim that goes wrong. Because once you lose that daily interaction, I, I think you you really lose your your validity as, as as a teacher, as an educator. So that's that's again, my gig is I'm, I'm never going to let this thing go. We do have a perpetuation plan. We've got an exit strategy set up with deferred comp plans of people in our company. And so we do plan on selling internally one day, but it'll be a slow process. And, and I, the day I sell my final share of Thompson Group stock, I will stop trading. Yeah. And that's, and that's what I do too. I consider myself, I mean, I, I sell a lot and I sell nothing. I sell, I train, you know what I mean? And when I'm in those situations, I mean, for most people in my office, I'm in that I'm in that ball game in that arena more than most. But I enjoy then letting that producer go and watching him fall on his face or or her get better. You know, that stuff is fun because it's like they they know that it's okay. Like uh, Bezos says, he literally uh, Jeff Bezos says he rewards people on successfully failing because it's those successful fails are the things that a lot of those that are actually led to. Um, some of their greatest products and services. Google was the same way. They allow people 60 to 90 minutes a day to work on products that could benefit Google, but they can do whatever they want. And a lot of those, that's how Gmail came about. That's a lot of their products that they have today came through 
some of those some of those things and and really allowed engineers and allowed people who were part of the organization to put their staple uh, you know on the organization of Google or whatever and that's and that's that's a that's a that's a noble thing and so let me ask you this question let me let me revert back uh, to something you said way back at your entrance you said that you uh, that uh, you went to Colorado in 2016 and then in 2017 you closed after nine months of the agency that came from that meeting. What was one thing that you learned from purchasing that agency? Uh, I was reminded that deals take time. I was reminded that every deal is, is unique. I, I had bought uh, other agencies back in the Midwest. Jenny had bought or been a part of basically five different acquisitions. So we've got a process that we use. And uh, when we started the process, the company we were buying had basically two owners. Within three or four months, one of the owners was selling out. So that caused a delay. As soon as that deal was done, the remaining owner's mother got diagnosed with stage 28 cancer. I mean, she, she had maybe a month to live. And so, but we were just patient and, and kept in, in contact. And, and the guy today is, is a friend of mine, that the company we bought. So I would just say that, you know, and I, I'm, I'm actually looking right now for another agency out here uh, in Colorado. I'm, I'm aggressively looking. I, I do that myself. I don't use brokers, although if a broker contacts me, I, I'll always talk to them. But just trying to reach out and touch base with some agency owners, asking the question, do they have a, an exit plan? Do they have any perpetuation strategy? And if not, we have cash. I'm uh, very diligent about putting cash back to, to, uh, to acquire other agencies. So just remember they take time and each, de- uh, each deal is different. Each deal is different. That that is a, that is a truism. There, where do you get a lot of your inspiration from? A lot of the things that you write about. You know, it's funny, man. I get up every morning, uh, and I, I really don't know what I'm going to write about. If if you if you read my stuff, a lot of it's good morning. You know, hey Thursday, you're looking looking pretty good. And I just I just mind up. With that being said, there, there's triggers uh, every day that I'm I'm looking for. You know, I, I talk to a lot of people. And uh, I, I try to listen more than I talk. And, and so I'm always looking for something that, that resonates that I can write about. Uh, and then my daily interaction, you know, I mean, like today, I wrote about the fact that through LinkedIn and, you know, email, I get these canned, stupid ass, hey, Mr. Thompson, <laughs> I saw your company, da 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 and, and I mean, I, and, and then I'll get a follow-up, you know, hey, I, obviously you're busy and you didn't get my email. And I'm like, you know what, dude, you just, if, if somebody would send me an email and say, hey, I, I noticed that you had a 1970 VW bus wrapped in tie-dye as your corporate vehicle, I'd like to learn more. I'm going to talk to that person. But when they send me some stupid ass can, I don't know who's teaching this shit, but that, that person or that group or that tribe needs to be taken out, man. We need to get rid of them because this canned email, LinkedIn bullshit, God. email bullshit is, is just, it's not working for you. So a little tip out there. If you want to connect with an owner of a business, take a minute, take 30 seconds and go to Facebook, go to LinkedIn, find something unique about them, send them an email and say, hey, man, I love your stash. That's the coolest mustache you've ever seen. I've got questions about stashes. Would you talk to me? Have a little bit of humor. Reach out to them. Connect with them at a personal level, and they'll talk to you. Don't send a canned email. Jesus. I mean, it makes me wonder. I'm being funny, loyal listeners. It makes me wonder if these people are single. They've got to be single, Anson. I mean, is this how they come on to other people? 
I mean, do you just walk up to him and say, hey, how are you doing? Are you ready to go home? No. You buy him a drink. You look at him. You find something in common. You ha ha. You know, you spend time. You find out if there's any mutual interest. I say it all the time, Anson, tell me if I'm wrong. A relationship is a relationship is a relationship. Every relationship actually that the guts of it works the same. It's about trust. It's about honesty. It's about communication. It's about helping one another, filling each other's um, weaknesses, helping each other solve problems, find solutions. That's what relationships are about, right? Yeah, I, I think the one word you missed there was caring. I, I think it, we have to care wow. about the people we're, we're connected with. True. And, and I, you know, I, I, real quick, man, I, I met with a, a prospect the other day. He's got six restaurants. He's got over 400 employees. And the first thing I said to him when he sat down, I didn't know this guy from Adam. And I said, I said, Steve, I said, man, I got, I got to ask you a question. I said, I've been going to your restaurants now for probably five or six years. And the one thing that has always struck me about your locations is your people never turn. And I know in the insurance industry, that's one of the major problems my other restaurants have. How do you keep your people? And he looked at me and he said, Anson, there's one thing. He said, I simply care. He said, I got 400 employees and I know every one of their names. He said, at some point during the year, I sit down, have a one-on-one conversation. I find out about their family. He said, I have people leave me for better opportunities. They pay more. They got better benefits. And within three months, they want to come back. And, and I think that, and you sound like somebody that, that like me, you care about your team, then you care about your clients, you care about your vendors, you care about your community. And, and I think just mm-hmm. that, that, that word care, if, if we truly care, That's you true. can see if, you know, you know, people say, I care, oh, bullshit. You can see right through that. But I think there are, mm-hmm. there are a few of us that you can, you can look them in the eye just by their actions, by their, you know, their, their nonverbal cues. You can tell this person is genuinely interested in what I have to say and, and me. And, and so that I, I completely agree with everything you said, just add care. Mm-hmm. Or care, care. To that, that, that formulation. Too legit. That's 100% right. You're right about that. You are right about that. Uh, Anson, what's your favorite cocktail that you have at 430? Uh, typically, uh, it's a, it's a Jack and a, a Coke Zero. Uh, I got to tell you though, that was, uh, that was so 2019. I've got this new thing. I've, I've had a little, uh, fun with alcohol over my life. And I've decided that right now, if I, if I had to answer the question, I'm keeping clean, meaning that I do cocktail almost every night. But when I'm cocktailing Monday through Thursday right now, I'm either doing soda water, water, I'm not doing booze, trying to, trying to keep clarity. And then Friday and Saturday, I'll, uh, I'll enjoy a little bit, but I think alcohol is something we have to be very careful with and, and it can, it can really have negative impacts. And I've had times in my life where I was, I was probably enjoying it a little bit more than I should have. So it's always top of mind, but yeah, I mean, this Friday at four 30, uh, I've got a cocktail hour set up. Uh, I'll have a Jack and Coke zero. I do have a rule. I have no more than two. Uh, and, and then I, I, I go home that that's, that's my thing. I mean, I might have a, uh, Jack and Coke Zero, and then a, a water, maybe another one. But you know, I, I think I, you know DUIs are expensive, and uh, damn right they are. So, anyway, no, damn right I, they are. I'm a Jack and Coke guy. Yeah, if we're going out uh, anywhere and having any more, I you know we always Uber. But uh, but anyway, yeah, that's what's your go to, man? Man, my go to is Jack and Coke in the winter. So that's yeah. I'm not a Coke Zero though. I'm a straight Coke guy. Um, and then the and then probably around April or May. 
Um, I usually flood over to a vodka and a lemonade, vodka, Ooh. cranberry. I kind of go to more um, because I'm out on – I live on the lake, you know, so I'm, I'm out on the lake a lot. And, and when you're out on the lake, you just can't be – you know, you can't be pounding Jack. Sure. It's not a, it's not a good thing. And I'm really not a big beer guy. So yeah, I'll just make up, mix up a lemonade and put a little bit of vodka in it. And as the night day goes, you know, you just add more and more. That's how it is on the lake life. But go. yeah, that, that's my thing. Um, and I do drink, uh, after work. I, I do like it. I'm, I'm the same way. There's no way I'm going to get drunk unless there's some unique situation where I'm going to go out with my friends Friday and Saturday. Yeah, no, I'm a, I'm a total, um, uh, drinker. And sometimes when I say that, it's not like that's just what we do, but my friends and I, that's what we do. My wife and I, we get together with our friends. We go to a restaurant, we sit there at a table for three or four hours and laugh about how silly we are. And, just happens to be that there's some cold, refreshing beverages that are happy to go down in that meantime. You know what I mean? So uh, sounds like we so, live a, a mirrored life. Yeah, it is, and, and it's a, it's a life I enjoy. Um, and and then like you know, I go to Cuba, so I do a lot of mission work, and I go to Cuba. And when I go there, I don't have a cell phone. When I go there, I don't, I can't drink a soda. I can't drink alcohol. There's times that I find myself clearing out, just like you, to where sometimes I I, I remember you did a blog post like two years ago. But I think you went like, like thirty days or something like that. I can't remember. It was it yeah. was to you. It was a it was a test. You were like, I'm going to do this, and and it wasn't just alcohol. You did like you like cleaned out everything you were trying to do, yeah. and yeah. and that was that was really cool because I do those a lot as well. You know, to to test yourself, make sure that uh, you still are in control because it's just easy to to get out of control on any type of thing that uh, can alter the mind. You know what I mean? Let's just be real. People don't ever want to talk about it because they want to act like it doesn't happen. But there's a reason why more wine is drink in this country than in you. You like wine? Do you like wine? Anson? Love wine. Yeah. We are our favorite go-to and you mentioned, you know, drinking with your wife, Jenny and I drink. That's one of the things that we truly enjoy. And so uh, our go-to wine right now is an orange swift wine, which I think orange sold. Uh, I don't think they have this line anymore, but it's Saldo, S-A-L-D-O. Very simple. It's a Zinfandel. Uh, it's about a 20, $25 price point, depending on where you get it. It's, it's simply amazing. And so we buy that by the case. So wine recommendation for the insurance world out there, Saldo, find it, um, enjoy it. Man, that's awesome. So Antoner, oh, I, you read, can you give something leaders or readers, readers or leaders? What, what are you reading out there that you think people would find an interest in? Uh, three books I always reference. First of all, uh, good to great E-Myth revisited and, uh, Tim Ferriss's four hour work week. If, if you read those three books, you can f uh, form a foundation of success. Uh, another recommendation I would give is, uh, I'm sure you get this all the time. Have you read X? Have you read traction? Have you read this book? And, and, and a lot of times I'll say, no, uh, there's a product out there called Blinkist, B L I N K I S T. And anytime anymore, I get a book recommendation, I'll blink it, which means I plug my headphones into my iPhone. And as I'm driving, I'll listen to a blink of, you know, Jocko just dropped a new book yesterday. It's not on blink yet, but as soon as it hits blink, I'll listen to Jocko's new book. Um, and in it, I'll listen to it once. Uh, I speed it up about 1.5 times. And if I think there's value there, uh, I take time the following day 
And I summarize via my notes, and then I use those notes to teach my staff, to teach others. A lot of times, I'm sure you get this too, if you're in a, in a group, whether it be a rotary group, a networking group, they say, does anybody have a presentation? Well, I've got 5,500 presentations in the bag. <laughs> I can pull yeah. you know, uh, uh, my notes from you know, name the book. So anyway, I, I think that we, we have a limited time. My, my first thing I list on my, my business card is father. Uh, that is the most important job I think I have. And so that's where I try to spend my most energy. Uh, the next thing is lover. That's to my queen. The next thing is writer. The next thing is trainer. And finally, I get around to my day gig of, of insurance ninja. So that, that's that's how I organize my life. And so that that trainer speaker is about fourth where, you know, reading uh, of business books and for fun comes, comes in. So it's not top priority, but using blink, you can save yourself a shit ton of time. Father, lover, something, trainer, speaker. What was after lover? Father, lover, writer, writer. trainer, insurance ninja. Writer and then insurance ninja. I'm writing that down. That's good stuff. My, my team always likes this stuff. So they know what to pull out for, for some of the stuff that they're going to share with the world. I really appreciate your time, dude. Um, this was, this was really good stuff and I want to do this again. And I'm going to tell the loyal listeners, I think it'd be exciting, Anson, if you and I met at a four 30, which would be five 30, my time. And we sipped on uh, some Jack and Coke, Coke zero for you. And we just actually got more into the industry and maybe even dove more into the process and, and stuff like that. But uh, over a couple of cold, refreshing beverages, maybe we could throw a little zest to it, right? Yeah, I'm open to that, man. Where, where are you located? I'm in Southern Illinois. I'm uh, 70 miles east of St. Louis. Okay. okay. So I'm Southern Illinois down there. Yeah. All so, right. Well, God forbid we, we, we drive halfway and meet because, you know, if I'm in Indy, I could drive uh, – I could drive a couple hours, uh, yep. connect with you. And anyway, we'll set that up. I do have some referrals for you as well. Other uh, agency owners around the country that I've connected with that I've either trained, helped, or uh, bring something of value. So offline, uh, just if you don't mind, shoot me an email and I'll introduce you to some guys that I think would be, based on this format, uh, provide value to your listeners. That's what we want, man. That's what we want. Appreciate you very much, Anson. And if anybody wants to find you or anything, they can find you on LinkedIn, I assume, right? Yeah, LinkedIn, 50-year-old white guy, so I'm on Facebook. I guess you have to be. Uh, the, the ThompsonGroup.net is our site, and I'd recommend people go out there. I mean, we've got a, a cool little sketch video that that shows that we're different uh, than everybody else. So anyway, Jason, I really appreciate the time and uh, always willing to help. If somebody's listening and they want to reach out, uh, just tell me uh, you're impressed by my 1970 VW bus wrapped in tie-dye, and we'll have a conversation. I love it. I loved it. I love it when I see it on there. Um, be sure to check that out on LinkedIn. And uh, loyal listeners, I hope that I was able to help you once again through this conversation of agents influence. It's about giving a voice to those who need their voice projected around the world like Anson. I know for the, uh, what was it, the last uh, 49, 50 minutes that you were, uh, there was a lot of meat in this. There was a lot for you to take away. I encourage you to continue on though, as to how I found Anson and find him on LinkedIn. Subscribe if you can to um, his blog. Just pay attention to what he's doing out there because 
it's a nice dose of reality is the way that I say it. And we all need that. And sometimes that dose of reality comes from, from, from the, from the most unique places, but sometimes it's nice when that dose of reality comes from someone in your industry, someone who's living and doing the things that you do, which once again is why Anson is going to continue to be an agency owner. And I totally wholeheartedly to believe in that. Chris Paradiso speaks a lot about being truthful to who you are and what you've done in your agency to be able to train other people and kudos for him for that. And I, and for Anson for thinking, the same way. But I want you to get to know people like Anson, because if you can tell in his voice, he has a deep um, yearning to teach other people. And for you loyal listeners, it's about the five truths. And that's what he's trying to go after as well all the time. And I like those people. He said it best. It's unbelievable what this industry is. You know, I say it all the time. It's the greatest industry God ever created. And, and it's our job to make this better because there's young people out there who are looking for a fun work environment. They're looking for a place to better themselves. They're looking for mentors of what Anson does and what other people do to make lives of other people better based on the experiences they've had. To support Anson, listen to what he says, like his post, because we need his voice to be heard. In the meantime, tell me your thoughts, tell me your ideas, and I'm going to tell the world what you have to say. This has been Jason Cass with Agents Influence Podcast, and today was with Mr. Anson Ross Thompson. Out! Hey, agents, listen to this, listen to this. What are we terrible at? Think of it, think of it. Really? We're, we're terrible at training, right? We're not very good at hiring. We're not very good, terrible at firing, actually. Uh, terrible at creating process and some workflows. Terrible at technology and implementing that technology and even knowing what type of technology we want. And the list goes on and on. Now, listen, I'm an agency owner. And I, you know how it is to, to fix a problem. The first thing you got to do is you got to admit you have a problem. Here's what you do. Go to virtualintel.com. Check out what we do because we do all those bad things that you can't do. Really? And you may do one or two of them well. Good for you if you can do them all. Just want you to know you're in the minority. But if you can't do any of them good or you don't even want to do them anymore because it just takes too much mental power, then good for you for realizing that and give us a call. I'm telling you, virtual intelligence, that's what we do. And where we specialize in high quality VEs, not virtual assistants. Look it up. Go to ChatGPT. Put in what's the difference between a virtual assistant and a virtual employee. Enough said. I don't have enough time to go on and on about all the differences on this 60 second commercial, but you've got time to search it and look at it. That's what we do. We deliver high quality VEs. We mix the technology with it. We train them on the technology, give them and the technology to you and you're off to the races. I'm not joking with you. You can call my agency at any time, ask for Lordland. And we do ask her, say, how fast are you able to do quotes? I've actually got a couple videos of it. That's right. We can do five to 10 carriers in one quote in three to seven minutes. So you give me an auto quote, I can do five to 10 carriers in three to seven minutes. How are we doing it? We're doing it through the technology of virtual intelligence. Give us a call, check us out. You can ask for me personally, I'll do the demo for you. Who are they? Cast certified.